it's funny because when I first got on the tour, it was like, a, all right, I made it. Okay, cool. Now let's just make some cuts. And then now, it's like I've, I've got I got a taste of it, right? So it's all I want. It's all I want. Just win. That's it. Simple. It's win or go home. All right, we are back with episode two of Full Swing Thoughts. I'm Shane Ryan. I'm here with Sam Wyman and Alex Myers, as usual. Uh, this is the podcast about everything to do with the Netflix documentary Full Swing, which, of course, covers everything that happened in the PGA Tour in 2022 and professional golf in general. Uh, guys, I thought a really good way to start this one would be to sort of harken back a little bit to what we talked about in episode one. We had some mixed thoughts, uh, but from my reporting that I that I did on the show and from things I read, like a feature in Esquire, it seems like Netflix and the people who created the show are really hanging their hats on episode two. The idea is sort of, this is Brooks Kepka as we've never seen him before. Uh, and Sam, maybe start with you. Just a very basic question. How do you think they did? Did this work for you? Uh, is it mission accomplished if this is a really important episode to them? A hundred percent, Shane. I actually, um, you know, I think it was hard for me to separate this episode for my thoughts about episode one, which I think on whole was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, we had a lot of problems with just how basic it was, a sort of lack of a really compelling narrative. And I felt like this one uh, was really well done and a, you know, a much better representation of what I hope this show will be in terms of a making golfers, compelling characters, making the sport, the narrative of the sport, something people can understand and just kind of, hooking people on the drama of week to week professional golf and on almost every level. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm going too far in my praise of it, but I thought this was a really, really well done episode. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I, I think, you know, within 20 minutes, it was clear to me that this is a different product than we saw in episode one. Uh, and then Alex just, you know, Brooks Kepka, obviously Scotty Scheffler is sort of the minor character here. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks Kepka, the main character, what did you think about him? Were you surprised? Because they want you to be surprised. Were you surprised at what you saw? What did you think of how open he was and all that stuff? Sometimes when you're frustrated, it's just easier to look down and see something that you like. I, I was surprised. I was jotting down some of his quotes. I mean, you know, when he when he left, uh, where was it? The Masters or, or the saying that he was embarrassed. He, he's never left a golf course feeling embarrassed before. Uh, the quote, this is the worst I've struggled in my life. I need to figure out how to get it. Uh, before it's too late. Um, am I ever going to be the same? He asks. I mean, you know, these are things that we think that these guys think, but Brooks Kepka certainly doesn't admit to that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, there was still kind of the arrogant stuff. Uh, you know, he had the line, it almost feels like a real sport when he's talking about the, the fans, <laughs> yeah. and the waste management. you know, that was a nice little dig at golf. They got in the part about him talking to uh, Adam Thielen about wanting to be a pro baseball player. Oh, I wish I didn't quit playing baseball. Like, all right, come on, dude. Uh, but <laughs> no, for the most part, uh, you know, you actually did get a very candid Brooks Kepka uh, with some of the stuff he said. And I, I agree with both of you guys. This episode was so much better than the first one. And, you know, those the, the GQ story came out that maybe they thought this one was too depressing to put out i mean this is reality tv I, I don't get how they should have started with this a it made more sense in that uh you know the tournament the waste management is in january or february versus hilton head being in may so you had a nice you know scheduling wise it made more sense and then you had such a better flow with 
Brooks Kepka being involved there. And then the guy who ends up winning is Scheffler, who now is catching like the lightning in a bottle. Maybe he's the next Brooks. It just worked out so much better for me. So I wish they had started with this episode. Um, maybe this can be like a kaleidoscope type thing, Shane, where people can watch in whatever order they want. But uh, I would have started with this episode. It was much stronger. Alex, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't see this, but just real quick, Sam, I, you and I were texting. I'm just reading you verbatim my text to Sam. They should have made that the first one. It even works better chronologically. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, 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 you watch and you're baffled. You go, what was the downside? What, right. what was the argument against it? I, I don't uh, think you know, they, they clearly wanted it to be the first episode, right? And then they switched. I, it's just mind blowing because you, you, it just it's it's it was so much better. I mean, yeah, from from all different angles. Um, and then of course they tease the live thing at the end. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, so that works as well. There's like a better cliffhanger even to keep people going. Um, again, if they thought the Brooks stuff was too sad, I mean, I, I don't. Like that's that's what you want to see. I mean, you want to see like a a tough guy, athlete, superstar being broken down and kind of coming, you know, being so candid like that. I, I thought, um, you know, the way it started. When you're a kid, there's always so many possibilities. First, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. The, the same things that resonated with you in terms of him being all bravado and, you know, I wanted to play baseball and the goal was to win. And, and I kind of was, you know, rolling my eyes like, Oh, just Brooks Kepka being so right. tough guy, Brooks Kepka. Right. And then it transitioned to this guy, very uh, vulnerable mm -hmm. and struggling with his confidence and so much more sympathetic to me. And as a result, so much more uh, of a compelling story for, for people, you know, who are, who know golf, first of all, and also are learning about golf, that it can fluctuate so greatly. So I can't say that I came away loving Brooks Kepka uh, at the end of the episode, but I found him way more sympathetic and his situation way more sympathetic than certainly the way the, re the episode started. That being, said, that being said, they did throw in, you know, they're showing you him in his incredible mansion. He's got his model girlfriend laying down on him as he's stretched out in this like oasis i know like you're feeling bad for him but then you're like Ehh. no but that's actually why it worked alex i thought the reason why that worked is i know it sounds crazy but here he is in this idyllic setting this beautiful woman with him and, and you're like he, he feels empty yeah so again grading on a curve that worked for me yeah yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with Sam on that one. It was the same thing for me where I'm like, boy, this guy has it all and he's not happy. And that's interesting. Right. That's really interesting. Um, I liked in the beginning, you know, you start out with the, the quotes. The very first shot, I think, is him going, you know, golf is killer. You know, you want, they want to step on my throat. I want to step on theirs. And if we had seen that, you know, when he was in his prime, when he was winning all those majors, you would have been like, oh, maybe this guy is like the Michael Jordan of golf or maybe he's the next Tiger. And it, I thought Netflix, you know, the filmmakers, to their credit, did a great job with that contrast of going, here's this guy who wants to present this image. Now here's the reality, this neurotic right. guy who's failing and he knows it and he knows he's failing. And to Brooks's credit, he'll kind of admit it. I mean, pretty much will admit it and almost, almost confess I'm going to live because I can't do this anymore. I, I can't, I don't have it anymore. I can't compete with Scotty Sheffield. Uh, and I thought that was like, wow. That, um, that, contrast a of sort of tough guy brooks and then vulnerable brooks i thought was really well done and i'm sure we're gonna get to scheffler in a second then contrasting 
Brooks and Scheffler, I thought was masterfully done. From when I was a kid, I always dreamed of playing on the PJ Tour. So trying to enjoy it as much as I can, and it's very, very fun. Brooks becomes this guy. You get again, my knock against Brooks, he doesn't seem to really love golf. And you know, he doesn't really love golf, but wants to win, had all the confidence world, doesn't have it anymore. And uh, then you have Scheffler, who's like, well, I didn't really have that many expectations, sort of loves golf, goes in every to every situation with this sort of wide-eyed uh, approach to the game. And then obviously his his uh, confidence skyrockets at a time when when Brooks plummets. So on all those levels, it really worked. I mean, I wrote down a bunch of notes. Alex, just just back to what you said, that line about how he was embarrassed when he missed the cut and the music was going on in the background. It was actually really well done, I thought. It was really well done. I, you know, we talked in about the first episode, how we wanted, you know, better storylines that, that more human interest where, you know, we, we were talking about maybe the more rank and file guys trying to, trying to make it out there, but this, we still got it, even though he's a superstar. It, again, it shows just how quickly you can lose your game. And then with Scheffler, how quickly you can gain it. I mean, you know, look at like a Colin Morikawa. He went to two majors right away. Then he didn't win anything last year. So, these things can flip so quickly. So to me, that's again, what we wanted to see portrayed from golf. You know, we don't have the car crashes that are life-threatening like in F1, but you do have, uh, you know, the ability to just lose your game in an instant, lose your job, lose your status as the top guy in tour. And, and, and again, on the flip side, you can gain all those things so quickly. So that's where it, they just did such a better job portraying the sport and and the margins out there with how, how, how thin they are. And again, Bat, one more thing about Brooks, um, just being so candid. I only put the big ones up there just to remind myself that there's plenty more big ones to win. Augusta is right in the center. Just saying, that's it. It is, that's true. But it's it's been bad lately. How about the trophy room with the empty slot in the middle reserved <laughs> for the Masters? That is like... That again, and we talked in the first episode, we wanted to see more behind the scenes stuff. I mean, that is what we wanted to see. That is just incredible right there. I, I couldn't believe that he would admit to that. I mean, that is, I, I thought that was awesome. That might've been like the, the moment that struck me the most in the whole episode. And I, I thought it was so good how that is, you know, in the context that he did it, it's supposed to be inspirational. Like right. here's all the other things with now four years later or whatever it is, that's <laughs> kind, kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of, the emptiness is sad. Right. And, and it, his it's, mom's there. And it's his like, mom's there. And it, it, like, it almost oh, like a metaphor for the emptiness of his soul yeah. that the trophies couldn't fill. And like, right. will there ever be enough? Right. His yeah. mom's there and his dad's giving him the pep talk at the, at the mass. This is your week, buddy. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. By the way, I was, I was out there. Um, I bet on Brooks Kepka at the Masters and because uh, I thought it was great. I think he was like 50 to one. And I remember that first day, I think I came back in and told, uh, he, he was two under or something. I know they showed some of this. They, they kind of murkied it a little, but um, he got on the green in two at 11 and I think he four putted and his dad was right there and I saw the cameras around him. So I knew like something was going on there and I, I felt so bad for his dad because they were you know they were following him thinking like he was gonna this was gonna be his week again it ended up working out for a nice episode well unless you're the Kepka family and you you wanted it to be a triumphant finish but anyway it was kind of funny seeing that live in action play out and then kind of seeing it on the screen but again um tremendous episode I thought I um I remember one of my complaints about the first episodes I don't feel like it did a very good job of actually explaining some of the kind of 
minor dramatic elements of a golf tournament. And I thought this one, you know, for Brooks, it was the 16th hole at uh, Phoenix where he his t or hit his tee shot over the green and had that chip. You know, it's just like one of those things where in the first episode, if you recall, it was Spieth and Thomas and it was like, he's 400, now he's 500. This guy's like, they didn't do anything explaining sort of the, how they arrived at those positions or sort of the shots they needed to hit. And just that little chip shot he had to hit on 16, um, I felt like, you know, that that did a really good job of sort of explaining uh, how, you know, big moments can swing or, you know, little moments can be the sort of the fulcrum for for a bigger moment. So and they thought, go ahead. They tricked. Uh, they had him. He's like athletes when their backs are against the wall, they step up and make a play. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Well, I, you know, I thought too, I thought too, like a lot of what we're going to be talking about is, you know, from the perspective of people who write about golf is after we watch it, do you feel like the people understood golf? Do you think the people who made this got golf? And you're like, yeah, if you pinpoint that moment on 16, you get golf. And then the contrast, this show is going to live on contrast. We saw them try to do it with Spieth and Thomas in a very weird, awkward way, I thought, at the PGA Championship. That contrast was a failure. We're going to see it a little bit later, spoiler alert, with Fitzpatrick and Dustin Johnson in a way that I also didn't like. This was like a contrast that hit for me. It was like, yes. Totally. Kepka versus Scheffler thing makes, the way you narratively did it, makes sense. And I, I thought it was great, you know, and we talk about how cyclical golf is, and that was obviously a huge theme here. It was interesting to me when they talked with Scheffler I don't know when they interviewed him, but he basically said, you're not going to be playing like this for very long. You got to right. get yeah. while you get when you can. Right. And I wrote down in my notes, like, this seems like a happier person to me. It seems like a better mindset for golf. Yeah. You know, we always go back to Tiger Woods, what he did. To me, he's like the exception that proved the rule, someone who can sustain that greatness for so long. Literally everybody else we see, they have their moment and it may last two years, but it's not going to last much longer than that. And Kepka, there's quotes like, you know, I got a taste of it when he's talking to his mom. I got a taste of winning, and now it's all I want. And, mm -hmm. like, feeling embarrassed, a four-time major winner, feeling embarrassed that you missed a cut. Like, come on. Uh, it just feels like this is not, like, a proper mindset to have as a professional golfer for your long-term happiness, right? Well, it's I also think it goes back to my main criticism of Kepka. I don't know about criticism, but the reason why I can't connect to him the same way I connect to other golfers is I don't feel like he loves golf. I feel like he loves you know, winning and being dominant in something. And, you know, he uses words like work and, you know, success and failure. He doesn't talk about enjoying hitting golf shots or playing the game. Now I get it for every professional golfer. It gets to a point where it's all about results, not about the love of the game, but it just doesn't feel like it compares to Scheffler who understands the game that there's kind of these ebbs and flows and, and um, you know, you can't control certain elements of it. And I don't know, for some reason, Scheffler, you know, I always like Scotty. I don't think he's the most dynamic person. I think that's fair to say. Um, but he always, to me, comes across as very likable and relatable. And one of the reasons that he comes across as relatable, he's like, I didn't really expect to be here. This is kind of amazing. And he has that um, air to him, which I can appreciate. Yeah, I liked how when they showed him the first time, it was almost like the this tinkly small town music with him and his wife. And it was like, it reminded me of like the driving Miss Daisy music to throw like yeah. a reference from a long, long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. you went from the mansion and like the beautiful supermodel wife to like, yeah. oh, here's the humble Mr. America. And yeah, but yeah by, I did. By the I way, just to interrupt you really quickly. I'm sorry, Shane. You know that that, um, that, that from the Golf Digest video? Yeah, that was our video. They licensed that oh. of them going to get coffee and the salted yeah. caramel coffee and then talking about that was our video. 
I think I like the salted caramel one better. Yeah. That one's good too, though. And that was um, a video that we did that actually did, performed really well because people, you know, kind of had appreciated how likable and relatable he was. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, 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 that that's out. great. Yeah. That's great to know. And uh, yeah, he just he, he seems like somebody. This is a, almost a weird thing to say, but he seems like somebody who's fully himself. And I, there's just a comfort. You're right. He's not the most dynamic person or whatever. But in in contrast to the neurotic sort of anxiety that you see like emanating off of Kepka, it's like here's just a solid human being. You, know, you get the feeling like if he never won another major in his whole life, you know, obviously he wouldn't like that, but he'd be okay. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. there's some mm -hmm. comfort there with who he is, and that, it was cool to see that. And it was you don't need like the amazing quote from somebody like Scheffler. You just get to you kind of get a sense of the person just from watching him interact with his wife and, you know, tell a story about her spilling popcorn seeds all over the hotel bed or, you know, just right. these little things. You're kind of like laugh. And by the way, did you like Ted Scott, his reaction to that? It was like Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson. They're like, yeah. yes, very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they probably followed him around for weeks and that was like the, the closest to a joke he told or something. <laughs> they, had, they really had to run with that one. No, that was good though. That was good. The Ted Scott little pump up before the final round was good. It wasn't even really a pep talk, just more like you said, it was like, you're going to be okay. Kind of, you know, um, I, they are so different. I, I you know, I'm kind of, I, I like Kepka more than, or I've gotten into Kepka uh, more than Sam has, but you do get, I'm agree with Sam. You do get the vibe from Kepka. It's not that he loves golf. He, he thinks he's this uh, superior athlete to everybody out there as a golfer. And he's like, I should be beating these nerds kind of thing. That's kind of yeah. like the attitude you get from him. And he loves to win, but like, it just so happens. Like he's like, Oh, that was the sport I was best at almost. So I had to play golf, but I, I, I still want to beat these guys. I should beat these guys. I'm a better athlete than these guys, whatever. I'm, I can beat them in the gym. I should be able to beat them um, out on the course. So you kind of do get that vibe from him. And so that's why he's even more beaten down when, you know, he, he's not beating these guys. This year's Masters, where did you watch the, the final round? I'm not sure if I watched the final round. This is really bad. I don't even know who won this year. Yes, he did. Scotty Shuffler, right? Yeah, Scotty. Okay, yeah, yeah. It took me a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, shit, that was fucking bad. And again, we, we let him, we, we see the candid side and everything else, but then you get at the end where they ask him about watching the masters after he missed the cut. And he says, he didn't watch the masters. Not sure if I believe that. And then he didn't remember who won the masters. And then well, goes, that was a little bit of stagecraft. Oh, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, that's right. Scotty Scheffler. I liked uh, Alex. I like that the camera person goes, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, Cause exactly. I, I had the same reaction as you. I'm like, there's absolutely yeah. no way you don't know who won the masters. I don't right. believe it. And even like, this is, I'm, I'm reading into someone's psychology. I have no idea if I'm right. But when he was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't remember that. Right. I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, that was the one little piece of stagecraft I thought, because they show him watching reality TV, you know, like Bravo with Jenna. Yeah. And then they try to portray it as that was Masters Sunday, and that's what he was watching. And then he's like, the guy said, what were you doing watching the Masters? So obviously they were admitting right. that they sort of staged it. Let me ask you guys a question unrelated. Um, the last episode, we talked a lot about how we thought they we bent over backwards to try to make it accessible to non-golf fans. And we thought in some way they might have gone too far. Uh, 
it seems like this episode worked for us as inside golf people. To what extent do you feel like this will still perform or, or work for people who don't have as much of a base of knowledge? Well, it's funny because I was trying to get my wife to watch this and she would have been another interesting example to see, but she, she wasn't really into it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be good. A lot of behind the scenes stuff. When I watched the episode, I said, I'm glad she didn't watch it because I, really? I don't think she would have. It was very golfy, which I, but, I but loved. I don't think, sorry, I want to hear from Shane, but I don't think you're giving like just average viewers enough credit. Like there were some very easy storylines to follow, even though you don't no, know. No, 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 no. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixing. You could have followed it. I just don't think she would have loved it because it was very like sport driven. Even it just happened to be golf, but you could, no, no, no. You could definitely follow it. And I think they did a great job. Um, whereas like you said, in episode one, they kind of hit us over the head a little with it. They were like babying it, watering it down a little. I don't think they did that really at all in this episode. And I think that's why, well, that's why we liked it. I think a lot better for sure, but I think it, no, I think a, a, a non-golf fan would have been able to follow it and appreciate it. Um, I was using her as an example. She just doesn't like sports. So it, it's, it's tough for her to get. It. I think you might have a point there though, Alex. And Sam, my takeaway was that almost the fact that we know who Kepka is and we know what he accomplished and, and his like persona a little bit might've made it more interesting. If you were coming in going, maybe I've heard the name Brooks Kepka and realized he won a major, but I don't really know who he is or his personality. Right. I don't know that he was that likable to your point from earlier or I, I guess, would you have been compelled by what you saw if you didn't know what he had accomplished and who I, he was? See, would, the, would the contrast have been as interesting to you? I think this is why I thought the episode was so well done is they, 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 it didn't really matter if you knew him or not. There it is. There's your champion. And for a while there, it felt like he was going to win every time he teed it up. And that's a ridiculous thing to say, because other than Tiger Woods, there are many players where I have felt that way. They established this was a guy who was on top of the world, dominated the sport, four majors in three years, whatever it was, and uh, he's fallen off a cliff. That's all you need to know. He could have been a, he could have been a shoe salesman. You know, he was really good at his job, and now he's bad at his job, and he has no confidence. And now here's a guy who... Uh, hasn't won, hasn't had much success, and now he's riding this way with confidence. So I feel like, to to your point about your wife, Alex, like she doesn't really like sports. This is like human drama. This was a really um, well told story about someone who had you know lost what he had and trying to get it back, and and envying someone who clearly has it. So I, I felt like the you know it wasn't really it wasn't contingent on a lot of golf knowledge, and I don't really feel like it was that much like a sports story. Uh, I still think it's a sports story. I, I, I even think like with the F1 stuff, I doubt there are many people like my wife, for instance, watching the F1 stuff. It, it's still sports. True. It's, true of true. course. Of course. My point is that like, it's enough oh. to hook you. Yeah. It's enough to hook you on like the drama. Yeah. This, I think it might be a, a good segue into the storytelling aspect of it. Alex, you briefly mentioned my absolute favorite moment, which was Ted Scott going up to Scheffler on Sunday morning saying two things. This is what you've always done. It's not a new situation for you. And number two, God is in control of everything. Right. And you, I, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it, nice insight into Ted Scott, what a good caddy he is beyond whatever technical know-how he has, which I'm sure is a lot. But those two things are like, you've done it before. And by the way, this is not all on your shoulders. You've mm -hmm. got God behind you, right? And it's also a thing of like, with that much pressure on it, you can... And I know, I know they are full believers and, and I'm not questioning anything or diminishing it, but it's also, you can see the utility of religion 
in that situation. The, the thing of like, this is not just me. I'm not sitting here on my own on Master Sunday ready to collapse. Because there, you know, there was a story we read about Scotty Scheffler. He was very open about being, I think he even said to his wife, I can't do this. Yes. <laughs> I can't handle this on Sunday yes. morning. So I, I just thought that was awesome. And what a good caddy Ted Scott must be. Um, that kind of storytelling, I, I love. What I don't love is the seeming endless cycle of sit-down interviews where it's like, and all these people individually do a good job, but it's like, okay, Amanda Renner, Sean Foley, Ricky Fowler, like we, we go to them to explain everything. I feel like that from the storytelling angle is not my favorite and it gets repetitive. And what's interesting about it is that the last dance, which might be like, you know, the gold standard for all documentaries or even drive to survive. They seem to do that stuff really well. And so you get why they're doing it here too. But for some reason that kind of stuff rings a little bit shallow for me. And it may be because they have to have those people say basic things for people. Yeah. Who are, well, you know? I mean, that's, it's also, you know, I'm putting on my editor hat or writing teacher hat for a second. What do we always say to writers is like show don't tell. Right. So like show us something that sort of uh, explains yeah. the, the dynamic versus just telling us. And I think you could say they didn't have the goods to be able to show it to the way they want. So what do you do? You bring out Dylan to or Dan Rappaport or Amanda Renner to sort of uh, connect the dots for you. So um, I agree. Shit down interviews, you know, has limitations in that regard. Shane, would you rather there be a narrator or would you rather, you know what I mean? Like what, what, what would you rather happen? To oh, yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. So I don't know. Did you, guys see, did, you, did you guys see the, you're right, right. Did you guys see the Get Back documentary, the Beatles yeah. documentary? Yeah. Now, it's a different situation because to Sam's point, this is the definition of having the goods, right? They had they literally had the everything. But right. the way they told that story was simply all showing. And I thought it was so brilliant what Peter Jackson did. Now, it, I think, Sam, your point is excellent. I don't think they had the goods here. And so you have to fill in. So, Alex, yeah, probably this is better than a corny narrator, right? right. So right. maybe they had no choice. And maybe that's an well, unfair criticism by me. But the other thing is, again, you're just to use that as an example, the Beatles documentary, you know, you're appealing primarily to, to Beatles fans and people who definitely understood who the Beatles were and what was going on. You didn't need to say, yeah. you know, the Beatles were a band who were around <laughs> yeah. the 60s. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and so this this is trying to do two jobs. It's trying to tell you a story and hook you on a story, yep. but also sort of explain, uh, you know, an ecosystem that you may not be familiar with. So you kind of need it in the same, uh, in, a, in a way that's completely different than the Get Back documentary. You're totally right. I, I just, there's something about it that corny is the wrong word, but something about it that's like has become a cliche almost at this point yeah. because we've seen so many of these. Yeah. Well, there's that, um, the one of my all time favorite documentaries, sports documentaries, is that uh, June 17th, 1994 documentary. Oh, yeah. Did you ever? Yeah. It's, and it's all about that crazy confluence of things that happened OJ, car chase, the, uh, Nick's final game. The Heard of it, game. but never seen it. Anyway, yeah. that uh, one of the things that's amazing about it is there's not a single talking head the entire time. It's all footage and clips, yeah. and they weave it together without, oh, any, never mind a narrator, yeah, never mind, you know, like a talking head sports writer. They don't have anyone, and they somehow do it. They, you That's can't do funny. that with this if you're trying to actually kind of explain to people. You, you know, can't do that with this. There's too much going on. And, and, and you know, there's the regular tournaments and then there's the masters yeah. and there's, you know, hundreds of different players and there's caddies and whatever. Um, I, you, you, when you said the word corny, it, it brought, and then Stan, you'd said before staged, there was one other. St I'm, I'm sorry. Jeff, you good? I'm swinging it really well. I like the way I'm swinging it. The face is really close to pointed right at that target. Brooks Kepka putting on his carpet with the putting coach there. I thought that was 
Well, actually, I thought, by the way, just for like, come on, I have that problem with like my it. dog too. My dog Whoa. steals the golf ball. But, yeah, but this uh, wasn't, it wasn't even on like a, like you have a putting green that you're putting on. He was putting nobody's, on. They were analyzing the club face. That was actually one of the moments of like golf. Uh, I inside still think that was a little staged. All right. I think that's something they actually do is you're like looking at your club face, like what, you know, where you're seeing where it is on the putting stroke. Anyway, yeah, maybe not can, when the wine bottle's open and they're messing yeah, yeah. up. And, you know. All right. Well, anyway, we, we should wrap it up. But any other like last thoughts? I, I have two quick thoughts I'd like okay. to say. In that one, I just want to know what you guys thought of the, the scene. I, I thought Jenna came across really well, but there was something excruciating about the scene where she was in the closet uh, with like showing him clothes and he's like yeah. off and he's like thinking about his golf game or whatever. The other thing I wanted to point out. Yeah, you guys have to tell me if I'm nitpicking here. Scheffler making the winning putt in Phoenix. Uh, the audio right before he makes his putt, you hear Nick Faldo say, uh, "This is yeah, for his, right. this is for his first win, Jim." Now yeah. I was like, I don't remember that like quite that way. What happened was he had that 25 foot putt. Then Cantley had a birdie putt after. Yeah. So Faldo wouldn't have said it at that point. Faldo would have probably said that a hole or two earlier when maybe Scheffler did have a, a putt to win. Scheffler yeah, missed. Well, obviously yeah. right. Yeah, obviously like it was a putt he must have missed. Another and tournament so, that I bet on, so I remember it. Well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Did have, so, I did have Scheffler, so that was. So I was like, I was like, I don't know. Is that like, is that okay? Is that okay to do? Um, definitely nitpicky. Definitely manipulating um, the truth. <laughs> yeah. I think it's generally okay because the the important thing you're trying to convey to the viewer is, you know, this was he was he was trying to lock down his first PJ yeah. tournament. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, um, I think we're the big you know we're big golf fans we cover it we follow it of course we're gonna like notice those things i agree i i noticed it too um and in the first episode there was there was a couple things like that too where they they you know it's like taking a quote out of context but it still kind of works um i I, i'm okay with it because if that must have been the best audio that they had to kind of just set the stage and we don't want then someone else jumping in and being like scotty scheffler had to make this putt to win you know so um yeah, look. I, I, I was thinking in my head if I submitted the story like this to Sam with a quote like that, and then Sam published it, and then someone emailed him going, "Actually, this was said like different." I think Sam would you probably wouldn't be so pleased with me. Well, I, but that's I mean that's a good point, which is that's the difference between journalism totally. and this is a yeah, little yeah, yeah. bit of um, yeah. I don't know what you call this true drama or whatever you know. So real life, um, it's a, you know it's a documentary, but not entirely. Yeah. last thing i know we're stretching time here sam but i'm curious what you guys thought of how they handled augusta i thought it was very minimal in the sense of like presenting what the masters is you had maybe a quote and like beautiful shots and like i think dylan was like this is the kentucky derby and the super bowl right. but that what, what did you think of that approach that we're just basically showing the masters like it's we we say it's importance but we're not you know doing the whole romanticizing or or really even talking about it that much what did you think of that um I, you know look as golf people, we would love it to be more inside the masters and just really uh, dive deep. I just, because it, it fit well with the overall narrative of this, uh, the episode, I thought it was handled well. Um, again, they could have done more with it, but it, 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 for me, it worked, especially because, you know, you're trying to tell the story of these two guys and one missed the cut and one, one, it just, it, 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 for me overall, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with the trade-off of maybe sacrifice some of the real kind of masters nerd stuff that we would love yeah it's so tough because what so what eight episodes that are 40 minutes so what's that I means like five hours worth yeah true of, of tv and you know the the main focus of this 
episode, obviously, was Kepka and then the emergence of Scheffler. And it worked out there where you had Kepka, you know, hanging his head and Scheffler winning. So you have to focus on that. But then they do have to try to like shoehorn in the Tiger comeback and, the, oh, the Masters is this big deal. So I, I agree. In a, in a perfect world, it would have been given more, I guess. Uh, and we also don't know just how much the Masters played ball. Obviously, they, there was some footage there, which was kind of cool. And like I said, I saw cameramen around uh, Kepka's dad out there at Amen Corner. So they were letting, they did, I, we all know that they did um, play ball with Netflix, but um, there's just so many things to cover. And and if they wanted to make an episode on Kepka and the, you know, a fleeting golf game and then uh, Scheffler's emergence, you kind of had to just do it the way they did, I think. So I can't, I can't get on them too much for it. Uh, little, little inside baseball, Chad Mum, who's the executive producer, actually went to Augusta first of all the majors. Uh, with the thought that if we get them on board, the rest are going to be easy. Yeah. And it worked right. out that way. It was a pretty, pretty smart strategy. So I guess good time to wrap up. Um, just to say the overwhelming consensus, obviously, is that this was much better than episode one. Uh, it gives us hope for the rest of the series. And they probably should have put this number one. And it seems like a, kind of a no brainer there. But there we are. And uh, we will see you. We're doing this for every single episode. So we'll, we'll see you for episode three, uh, not too long from now. <laughs>